Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, June the 22nd. Football seems like it's coming soon now that basketball's over, LeBron forever, um, but it's still a long ways away, so we're going to try to keep you entertained in, the, in, the inter, in that intermediate time before we get there. Uh, fall camp will be here before we know it. That's what I keep telling myself. Uh, we have a special guest joining the show tonight, which you know I like to you know change things up a little bit in the summertime, uh, do a little something different. We have the man, the legend himself, Mr. Tony Covington, joining the show. Tony, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, man, I can't complain, man. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to this. Yeah, glad to have you, dude. I mean, this is something you and I talked about, it seems like, forever. Um, and I know I've done your show a couple times as well. So I'm really glad to have you here uh, in, in my uh, comfy environs and whatnot. Um, so we brought you on to talk about um, UVA basketball. No. Um, <laughs> I just thought it would be cool to kind of have a different kind of voice. And I know folks on the board have really enjoyed um, getting your insights and things from time to time. You know, you're a busy man, it seems like. Uh, from following you on social media, you 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 don't stay in one place too long. Um, you are, you know, work takes you here, there, and everywhere. Uh, I know that 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 uh, you are a busy guy, so really appreciate the time tonight. I want to start in a in a very uh, common place for you and I, and you and I have had conversations about uh, Quinn Blanding for you know a while now. Just you know talking about just what of a you know, just what kind of a unique talent he is. And one of the things I think most people are really curious to see and something I know you and I are both curious to see is is how he fits in to what Bronco wants to do. And one of the questions that came up on the board recently was, you know, what's the what's the secondary going to look like? Now, I, I'm I'm not a soothsayer. I don't I don't uh you know, I'm I'm good at prognostication every now and then, but I don't expect you to come out and tell me who's going to start and all that nonsense, but I guess if if you're looking at a defensive backfield and you've got a talent like Quinn, how do you feel like Bronco and his staff should build around that in terms of using the pieces? Because it seems like to me, you got Tim Harris, really athletic, really physical kid at one corner. You got Juan Thornhill, who's a guy who can play corner, can play safety. How how do you think they should use Quinn? And and what's your what's your vibe in terms of you know how that kind of projects out? Yeah, well. When I look at Quinn, man, I think Quinn is a natural, strong safety. I think he was kind of thrust into the free safety role last year. Uh, you know, having having an experience, Anthony Harris, his first year really helped. They kind of interchanged. Uh, but Ant was, you know, really controlling the defense back there. So Quinn could, Quinn could just play ball. Last year, uh, Kelvin Rainey enters the mix at safety. So Quinn had to do a little bit more of leading, directing. And he, he still had a good year statistically, but he didn't make the same big plays that we were used to seeing him make. Uh, and so it, when I look at him and study him, he's a, an absolute ball hawk. He knows he has a, such a good feel for, for the ball, good nose for it. And so my thoughts are that, uh, Coach Mendenhall is going to use him around the ball more, making plays uh, with that big body. You know, with him, he can take a tight end out of the game uh, because he's so athletic, uh, and he can run with just you know, with any tight end. Uh, and I think that utilizing him around the ball in more of a strong safety capacity uh, will just—I mean, I think his numbers will go up. He'll have an even bigger impact on that defense and making plays. Uh, because, I mean, he, 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 in essence, is built like a small linebacker, but he has the athleticism to to play safety. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, people question whether he he's fast enough. 
he's plenty fast uh, to, to get the job done. Uh, you know, he can get it done at free safety, but I think his best position is definitely that strong safety. You know, I was looking at Juan Thornhill being that other safety playing free with his athleticism, his range. Uh, but when that when, when we came down in the spring and it looked like they'd moved him to corner because they like his length on the corner, uh, I said, okay, well, I wonder who they're going to have as safety. So uh, it looks like it, it may be Rainey uh, playing the other safety position uh, or unless someone else steps up uh, as we move into the season. Yeah, I mean, because the thing to me about um, you know about Quinn and, the, and, and, and maybe even the better thing about Bronco and his staff is that in the past, I think coaching at, coaches at Virginia, both offensively and defensively, were, were just bound and determined to make the thing fit Square square peg, round hole did matter, right? right. It, it was going to fit. And I feel like Bronco and his staff, both offensively and defensively, have, have, have definitely talked the talk and certainly shown the, the walk when it came to their time at BYU of, all right, we're going to make this thing work to the personnel we have. And so one of the things I think that's really interesting about this offseason, aside from just you know the newness of everything and, and the, the kind of re-energized uh, fan base and everything that comes with that, with, with a coaching change, is – Schematically, what is you know what are what are Bronco and Nick Howe? What are they going to do with that secondary? Because like I said, you have Tim Harris who who seem who who seems like probably going to be a guy who the rest of the league isn't going to so where where's this guy been? Because he was just it it was just the wrong fit in a lot of ways for him um, playing so far off the ball um, mm-hmm. and 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 you're taking us it's basically taking away the, the 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 biggest gifts that he's got, which is you know his physicality and his size. You're asking him to do something that is not really in his wheelhouse now he'll be he'll be able to be that physical presence but the interesting thing to me will be how to how to bronco and nick Howe use thornhill in blanding because i feel like we might see week to week to week they might game plan it to the place where all right um if they feel comfortable enough obviously with both guys being able to move them around but like maybe this week a matchup we, we actually like quinn you know having having uh you know being a strong being closer to the ball we need him there uh maybe some weeks they want thornhill you know, out at cornerback, at, at so, so Quinn has to move to free. Because I, I think one of the big advantages of Thornhill is the fact that he is such a versatile guy. So you can play him um, at corner. You can play him at free. He can, I think he can hold his own in both spots. The question is going to be, to me, you know, how Bronco kind of moves those chess pieces around. But in the, but in the big picture, the fact that, that you have a staff that is prepared to move chess pieces around in of itself is a good thing. So I kind of look at it from the standpoint of, the defense will be um, markedly better. The question I have is going to be uh, how quickly they can be better and to what degree they can be better. How do you feel about this defense overall? What are some of the some of the fears or worries that you have about this group as they you know have that first season in the three four? Well, I th- I think the only concern right that immediately pops in my head is depth. Uh, you know, on, on especially along that defensive line. Uh, you don't have that many big bodies, and you, you typically, when you <laughs> the ideal scenario is when you've got that guy that's about three hundred and ten pounds on the nose, um, and and it, you know, and then you, the the tackles are are doing their thing. You know, versatile linebackers that can come up and be a force coming off the edge, but also are able to drop in coverage. Uh, you know, I look at the 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 guys that are in place. I think Dante Wilkins will do will have a tremendous season on the nose. I think he had an opportunity to really learn from David Dean 
Uh, so I think, you know, and, and, and we've heard great things about him through winter workouts in the spring. So I think he is is on tap to have a big year. Uh, but we, we got to keep him healthy. Uh, you look at a kid like uh, Andrew Brown, who has just changed his body, is chomping at the bit to, you know, really make his mark. Uh, feeling like he probably was held back just a little bit, and and I think now he just hey who who it's a who let the dogs loose type thing. I think he just really wants to pin his ears back uh, and let it all hang out. Uh, you, you know, Andre Miles Redman. You know, so I mean, you you've got some pieces, uh, and I think these guys will be in some of the best shape of their careers. But once again, I'm really really concerned with that depth. I think linebacker will be okay in the middle with Micah Kaiser. You know, who who will emerge, you know, as, as his running mate? You know, is is it going to be Zach Bradshaw, who who was a guy that can really run, has some experience now? Uh, and then who was who are going to be those outside guys who who are able to, to wreak havoc coming off the edge uh, and, and but also being athletic enough uh, to get out in coverage? So uh, depth is is the is the area that concerns me not as much in the secondary because the, to you, uh, to your point uh, they have some pieces that they can move around uh, even when they go to a nickel package I mean I think you've got a guy like Darius Lattimore who shows that he can make plays uh, he, he seems comfortable little little light in the hind parts needs to you know gain a couple <laughs> of pounds here or there but right. um, you know being able to be inside showing that he can tackle as well. Uh, as as being able to cover the, those quick slot receivers, so I think they've got some pieces that are very interchangeable in the secondary. But overall, the depth of the defense concerns me. Let me let me let me throw out a nice uh, wrinkle because I I thought about this the other day. I was driving and and it occurred to me that how much better is the defense going to be considering the fact that it will be it will be facing an offense that one probably knows what it's doing, but then two the pace and the 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 tempo. I mean. We hear, you know, anybody who has seen the practices understands, you know, how 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 into it. I mean, these guys, they there's no rest. I mean, they they when they when they talk tempo, they mean it. But when you when you think about having a defense that's playing every day against talented athletes and in a in a in a scheme that that plays to their strengths, that puts the defense in a in a tight spot. You think about a team that you know is going to be better prepared. And to me, that's one of the un one of those um, things that doesn't get a lot of light, but it, if I, if we're sitting in the press box, you know, I, I'm out there, uh, you're you're in the radio booth, and and we know what the next play is coming, right? Defensive coordinators around this league knew what the next play was. I mean, these guys uh, were, I, I thought, really kind of, um, you know, kind of handcuffed in, in a lot of ways by the scheme and kind of the, the the lack of a of aggression. Um, and at the same time, I think when you look at what Robert and I and his folks are going to do offensively this year. I think that prepares the defense in a significantly different way, both mentally and physically, um, to to play. Because I think any game that Virginia goes into, the defense is going to be uh, that defense is probably going to be the the most physically uh, in shape group that they face. I mean, I, I know that several teams around the league are doing more with tempo, but I mean. Some of the stuff that Frank Wintrick and his guys are doing well, on the, with the strength and conditioning side, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy, the, the night and day kind of approach. So to me, in a lot of ways, the fact that, they'll be, they'll, that the defense will be so much better prepared, you know, in just, in, just by, in terms of, its, of, the, of their actual physical bodies, added into the fact that they're going to see an offense and practice every day that's going to that's challenge them, I think that's going to make 
you know, make things better. I think you make a great point, though, about the depth. And that's certainly, I think, the biggest question mark on this team right now. We're ended. We don't know, you know, we see no no real depth charts. We don't know, you know, who's going to be where. I think that there's still a very real possibility that even what we saw in the spring, it'll be markedly different when, when they, you know, when they when they get back together in the fall. I think the, the staff will have a much better feel for where guys should be slotted. Maybe um, I, I was a little bit thrown off by having, like, it seemed like almost all the really – um, like the linebackers that we knew, the proven commodity kind of types were all in the middle. Um, and I thought, well, it probably would be in your best interest to have a couple of those guys on the outside. Um, but I look at it just like you do. I mean, I think Dante Wilkins and his health might be the secret to the whole season. I mean, I don't mean to be dramatic. I understand it's June. But if you think about what's behind him at that position, it's, it's in terms of, it, of any kind of playable experience, it's, it's, not, it's, it's really, really, really dire. Um, so he's got to stay healthy and certainly has to play at a high level. Um, but I think you're right. I think depth across the board is going to be, you know, really touchy um, for, for Virginia this season. Um, I, my, my next place I want to go, and, and, I, and I preface this with, I don't necessarily want to, um, I'm not really interested in kind of throwing shade at anybody. I don't want to bash anybody, but I am curious to get your thoughts on where you thought this group defensively needed to improve from last season, given what you saw on the field. What 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 do you think was that defense's biggest issue, and and how do you think that they can kind of uh, improve that going into the season? Well, the, the biggest issue from last season team is you want to have an attacking style of defense, but you got to be able to get pressure to get there. You know, because what you do is you put your corners out there in a bad situation. If you're going to play an attacking style, then everybody has to be a little bit closer to the line. The the seven yards off thing used to drive both of us crazy because we, we didn't understand it. Uh, and and it, it, it hurt. It hurt us. It, it was it was it clearly hurt us. Uh, so I just think that the intentions were good with that physical aggressive style uh, because it worked when you had Eli Harrell, when you had Max Vallis, when you had those experienced guys. Uh, you, your Aunt Harris's, you know, look, you look at the turnovers and, and all of those things. Then when they were gone, you saw a tremendous drop off where last year we thought that the secondary would be the strength of our team because of the experience. Uh, and it proved to just really hurt us uh, in a lot of different situations. But I can't put it all on them. A part of that was the scheme uh, and the lack of of the lack of pressure that uh, they were able to get on a quarterback, and and that that makes for a long day. A lack of pressure in in the middle. You know, David Dean was a workhorse in there, but it, it was it was difficult for those guys you know, to to be able to 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 do anything, and, and and they held their own. You know, they did a lot of great things, and I think. You know, in in its totality, when you look at what the defense, how they were set up, uh, the offense needed to get more points for the type of defense that we had. Right. We thought we were going to be led by that defense, uh, but I think it was really undervalued how the what the loss of a Henry Coley, of a Daquan Romero, Max Vallis, Anthony Harris, and um, Eli Harrell. I think people still don't realize how much production was taken away from that. Uh, from that football team last year. And so the defense ended up struggling. Uh, the offense struggled mightily at times uh, and in key situations because there were opportunities, as you know, that we could have won games last year where the defense played well enough, uh, but they were on the field too long. So late in the game, a team was able to make a comeback because the defense was just exhausted. 
you know. And so uh, it, it was it was difficult to watch. But I think this year's squad, a to your point, they will be very very prepared schematically. They will be very they will be in the best shape of their careers, which I think will help to prevent some of the injuries that we may have. Uh, had to deal with in the past so i mean just in, in just watching some of the things that they're doing you know making sure that their ankles are the teaching them how to to run properly and to jump to to move uh where you are utilizing all the muscles in your body i mean it's it, it's amazing what they're teaching them and you know ultimately you got to put pads on and it's a game of physicality but I think those things put you in a situation uh, in your preparation to be successful. You were you were obviously a guy who who patrolled the the secondary. If you're looking at Virginia's wide receivers, who scares you? What's what's what do you think of that group and 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 how 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 do you feel like uh, how do you feel like Virginia can kind of um, obviously going to be in a new scheme, going to be with some some different um, you know some different. Um, you know, methodologies and different theory, you know, things behind what, what goes into the routes they run and that kind of thing. But how do you replace Kane and Severin? And, and what do you think of the wide receivers? I, I like the group. I like the group. I like their work ethic. Uh, you know, when I talk to coach Hagens, he really likes the way that they work. He prepares them. They will be ready. And I think they are chomping at the bit to be in an, in an offense where they're going to attack. They're going to attack downfield. They're going to throw the long ball. These kids are going to get an opportunity to make plays. Uh, you look at a guy like uh, Leveroni, who is coming off, you know, pretty much missing the entire year last year. He's hungry. He's a deep threat. He can make some plays. He's long. He's fast. Uh, but you, you also got to look like look at a kid like Eldridge, who you know averaged about 40, time, 40 yards every time he got a chance to get in there and catch a pass. He can stretch the defense. So I think you've got some guys – that can take the top off the defense. You look at a Donnie Dowling, who the coaches have been raving about, who has something something to prove uh, after going through an injury himself last year, and he's hungry. Uh, and then you, you you throw in Keon Johnson, who's reduced his body fat. You know his his final season coming up, and these guys are just working. Then you throw in the Taquan Mizell and the all and powerful Oz, and man, you are. You got some issues. You got some issues. Right. What pick your poison? Right. I agree. I, I, the thing about the, the offense, I mean, I'll get to to Kurt Benkirk and the quarterbacks in a second. But to me, when I look at the offense, I think you know what this is the kind of this is the kind of group that if you were like if you were like playing a video game, that you would love to have this many options, <laughs> right? You got a tall, long, really athletic. Really, actually, a lot of people don't know, but Lavrone's probably one of the top like three actually speed guys on the team, I and mean, he's a freak. Mm -hmm. He, you know, need to stay healthy. Talk about depth. I mean, he he really has to, you know, find that find a way to take care of his body this year. But I mean, you, you added with him and Alama Day and 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 Smoke, and you can start to see if if you have any imagination at all. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just being honest. If you have any imagination at all, you can do a lot with those guys. It, and then you add in the element of having a, you know, a quarterback who can be a dual threat. Now you don't need him to be Taysom Hill. But what you do need is a guy who can, you know, freeze a defensive end every now and then and really take advantage of what I think is probably the team's probably strongest group, which is the running backs. I mean, you've got Mizell, you've got Reed, you've got Ellis, uh, you've got Ham. Uh, I, I think that if you look at that group as a whole, they can do a lot of different things. Um, and I've, I've been itching for, um, for a coaching staff to play two running backs at the same time. But when you think of it, 
Zacchaeus is really a running back. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a running back who's just a crazy good athlete who, yes. who who's good out of the backfield. So you can you can play him and, and smoke off of each other in a, in a variety of ways. And like you said, you're going to make defenses pick to poison. Offensively, the question mark is obviously going to be the, the offensive line and, and what they can get out of the quarterback position, who it is, and and that kind of thing. But we'll have to, you know, that's one of those questions that you know you got to wait and see how guys execute. But when it comes to talent, certainly to me both the wide receivers that we've seen this spring as well as, I think, a couple kids in the 2016 group that could really make a big difference. Assis Dubois, Joseph Reed are two really physical, big wide receivers, really good speed, really good hands that I think uh, can make a lot of hay in this offense. Um, I, I look at that and I say, you know what? They, we, they, they're finally matching up talent with, with a scheme, right? Having a scheme that you know, is a, it actually attacks as opposed to just kind of waiting to see you know, what they can get. Um, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing for fans to watch because, like you said, they're going to throw the ball. Uh, that ball is – the ball's going to be flying around Scott Stadium uh, in a good way. And, you know, I think a lot of that will go into, obviously, what the what happens at quarterback. Um, have you had a chance to to watch any of Ben Kirk's film much? I mean, what have you, what have you seen from him? And, and do, you, do you feel like a lot of us – um, feel like that it kind of seems like it's probably his job to lose, and I, it seems weird to say that after you know you've got a guy like Matt Johns who's been there so long. But his it seems like to me his experience in the offense is such a huge asset. What do you what do you think of, of the quarterbacks, and do you feel like Ben Kirk's going to be the guy? Yeah, I, I watched some of his some of his ECU stuff uh, and some of the scrimmages. Uh, throws a really nice ball. Uh, is athletic. Uh, I think it, it definitely benefits him knowing the system. Uh, but you, you can't count out Matt Johns, man. You just can't count him out. I mean, the kid works his tail off. And, I mean, I, I think he's just really going to have something to say uh, about that, that final, you know, being that, that number one quarterback uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, Banker's ability to, to, to be that dual threat guy, though, is uh, I know that you know <laughs> Coach Anaya is probably frothing at the mouth at the potential of what, the guy can potentially do, uh, and, but you know, once again, he's got to stay healthy as well. You know, which has been a problem for him. Uh, I, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think that they finally have a coach that is going to develop the quarterback position, uh, and I think that has been a, a missing element for, gosh, a decade now, Brad. And that it all, it, we all live and die with the trigger man. You, you know, at, at at this level, at the Power Five level, if you don't have a trigger man, it, you, you can't win at a high level, and you can't win consistently. So, uh, whoever that person is that's in that position, it, take care of the football. You've got weapons all over the field. Just take care of it. Get into it. Get it to the weapons, uh, and let the chip fall where they may. I'm gonna switch gears on you just a little bit here. You you um, <laughs> you played uh, for a team that had a lot of success. Um, a, a time frame when I think when many Virginia fans look back and are very happy to think of, uh, probably crossing out of hopefully the the one of the darker periods, uh, obviously um, in, in modern times at least. Um, were were your coaches chummy? Were 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 your coaches at UVA as I mean obviously social media and everything as as it is you know in in modern day uh, college athletics is a, is a different animal. So I, I understand that. But when it came time, you know for you know between practices between games what was your coaching staff like compared to what I think looks like a really kind of close-knit 
group that kind of spends a lot of time with each other. What was that? What was that coaching staff like when when you were at UVA? I think they were all in one accord. Bottom line. And when they stepped out on the field, they were prepared. They had would put us in positions uh, to be effective. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that they were chummy and hung out like you know these these guys do. But like I said, to your point, social media exposes it all. But I think it was a close knit unit uh, of coaches. Uh, and and as a player, you you feel that though. You feel you just like you feel when a coaching staff is not on one accord. You know, quite honestly, the the last staff, the guys couldn't stand each other. And as a player, you, you, looking at that, I mean, how how can you go out? How can you go out there and, and support it? it? It makes that so much more challenging. And so when you're around these guys now, and you see how close the coaching staff is to the players, they genuinely care about the guys. Uh, and the guys are just like this is just it's night and day for them. You want to go out and man and, and just give absolutely everything that you can for these guys. Now, for Coach London, these guys did not quit. They loved him. They still love him. And they gave everything they had. When they every they could have quit on him big time, but they didn't. They kept fighting. But when I look at what this staff brings to bear, I think these kids are just going to just be out just out of control and, and, and playing with every every ounce of themselves and, and having a belief that they can win because the, the thing is when you when you get into this this habit of losing and the losses it, it does affect you and so I think they see a glimmer of hope and this staff and the conditioning and the training has brought them closer together they're lifting each other up. They're pushing each other. They're driving each other, and 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 that has got to translate to some to success on the field. You know that coaching staff we had with George Welsh. I mean, we run through a wall for Coach Welsh. You know, he wasn't the most personable guy, but we we loved him because of what he stood for, how he prepared us, and he demanded excellence, uh, and and that meant something to us. Um, you see similarities between Coach Welsh. I mean, obviously it's a different time, different game in a lot of ways. But do you see some similarities between Coach Welsh and, and Coach Mendenhall? Yeah, he's, he's old school. Coach Mendenhall is old school. He's old school with the training. He's old school. You know what? He's old school yet new school. I was with, ready to say the you, same thing. Yep. You know, with some of the the, the new technology uh, and the the data and analysis and what have you. Uh, but he's still old school in. Some of the methods, you know, taking it, taking it back to the basement, hardcore training, hardcore discipline and accountability. Uh, that is huge. And, and that was that was Coach Welsh. All right. Last question for you. I'm not going to ask you to, to give me a pick or any of that stuff. There's 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 too much to, you know, I think at this point that we don't know before we can get there. But I guess generally, what are you expecting this season? Looking at the schedule, knowing, you know, some of the. Uh, the pieces that, that Virginia returns, looking at some of the teams that they'll be playing. What are you generally kind of thinking about this season, and do you think that, that Bronco keeps his postseason streak alive? Uh, I absolutely do, and it, it's funny. I was watching uh, him give a speech at one of the, the, the VAF socials, and he, he just laughed when he said, they picked us to be last. They picked us to be last. And his, his reaction to that, I, I, it, it made me excited. Brad, I was just like, 
boy, I can't. It's almost as if from that old Batman line, wait till they get a load of me, you know? <laughs> and and that, that's how I felt <laughs> when I saw him and I laughed because I believe him. I believe in him and I believe in the scheme. And hey, and these guys haven't li- lined it up. They haven't, you know, they haven't done it yet. Uh-huh. But I just believe in being around it even a little bit right now and not having sitting down and having a one-on-one with him yet, but having talked to a couple of the coaches, you know, their thoughts on him, talk to the players and their thoughts on him. Uh, and then just his demeanor, you know, he's, he's calm under pressure. He's prepared, you know, and, and I, I just, I believe in what I've seen so far that I, I do think that he will keep his bowl streak alive, even in this first year. Good stuff. Cove, I appreciate the time, man. You gave me God, I, I was thinking like 20, 20 minutes. So you gave me a half hour. I appreciate it, dude. That's uh, that's it's awesome, old. dude. Yeah, um, you know, you get it. me and you get to talking about football, <laughs> man. We can go on and on. Yeah, Covington likes to call me randomly at the most random times. <laughs> I know. And then next thing it'll be like it'll be like one question, and then twenty five minutes later, I'm like, Oh, um, all right, well, I guess I gotta go. Uh, but seriously, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate the the analysis. Obviously, you have a really cool vantage point both in terms of having, you know, played at UVA, played for obviously a really successful coaching staff, group of, of guys who, who obviously, you know, had a lot of success on the field. And then, you know, being a guy who I, I know is, 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 is important in a lot of players' lives. I mean, they, guys talk to you, you know, you are, you are somebody who I think is a, um, you know, is a, is a real resource for them in a lot of ways. Um, so I pre- really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us some of, some of your time. Like I said, I know you're a really busy guy, so really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, everybody out there, thank you for giving us a listen once again. Um, I think we're going to have to have Tony come back at some point uh, before Anytime, the season starts. Anytime. Uh, so for, uh, for special guest Tony Covington, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.